Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start there, John. Let's shift to uh, let's shift over to the mailbag because that's the very first question we have is from Charles Honeycutt, and he says, "I wish Tank a successful recovery. In the meantime, who helps fill the void other than Nico Collins? So, who do you think?" Now that's we're talking. There's probably ten targets and probably seven catches for about eighty yards. That are that if if the Texans are going to keep producing, are going to get divvied up somehow. Who do you think? Who do you think is uh, bumps themselves up to wide receiver two or at least pass catcher two? Because Brevin Jordan's in the mix as well behind Nico Collins. When Dalton Schultz is able to return from his hamstring injury, which I don't think it'll be this week, because guys just generally don't miss one game with a hamstring injury. But I think we'll see um, more two tight end sets because Brevin Jordan's like a big receiver. And he showed Sunday 
that he can catch and he can run. But I think Noah Brown, we're going to see more of him. We're going to see more of Robert Woods. We'll see a little bit of uh, John Mechie. And it wouldn't bother me to get Xavier Xavier Hudson on the field. He was inactive on Sunday. But uh, there's a, they still got a lot of good receivers on the team. And as long as Stroud's healthy, I think they'll still throw for a lot of yards. All right, let's get to the next mailbag question. This is from Jeevan. Uh, it says, Dear Sean and John, how do you think the NFL should address the increasing concerns regarding officiating errors, especially in the context of legalized sports betting? Do you believe these issues could affect the integrity of the game and fan trust? And what steps can be taken to ensure transparency and fairness as a season ticket member we're showing up every game. We're surprised to hear Let's Go Broncos chanting from the time we parked our car in the parking lot. Thanks in regards, Jeevan. All right, well, the Broncos, the, the crowd, we've talked about the crowd at Sunday's game. John, you've, you've addressed that on Twitter and on this podcast, that's, so that's a separate thing. But as far as the officiating goes, I saw an article from Mike Florio this week where he wants all 32 owners to get together, independent of Roger Goodell, and just basically figure this thing out because the officiating has gotten really, really bad. Yeah, I think the owner's trying to figure something out would be the worst thing that could happen to them because so many of them don't know squat about football officiating or the rules. Um, one thing they could do, and no, there's nobody's doing anything because of, of betting or anything like that. These guys are getting humiliated every week. You think they like being humiliated? No. The problem is, and they, this has got to happen, they've got to have the sky judge. For instance, and that's in the Kansas City game, throw down the field. It was an obvious interference that everybody saw except for the officials. Sky Judge immediately tells the referee on the field, you got a pass interference on so-and-so. They throw the flag. Doesn't delay the game. They have, they've got to have somebody who can see things that they don't see on the field because uh -huh. people get the advantage of having big screens on – big scoreboard screens, plus big screens at home, high definition, super slow-mo. They've got to have somebody sees what everybody else sees. They can make quick calls, and they're not going to be looking at the whole field. They're going to be looking at what we're looking at. That's something they have to do. Think if they had somebody, all the egregious errors that could have been overturned. Like the thing on uh, Desmond King, only the officials and the only people thought that wasn't a fumble. Yeah, And I think in the replay showed it was clearly a fumble and a sky judge could say, hey, there was a fumble. But yeah. they blown the whistle so it wouldn't be a touchdown. They just give the Texans ball at that spot. I just think there's always going to be mistakes. I, oh, you know, like of course the, there was. Think about how many there used to be that we didn't have replay that they blew. I think they blow replay sometimes too, John. Like I think even with replay, they get it wrong sometimes. Like Tank Dell sideline catch the week yes, before. Yes, yes. Like I, I don't like. That's the thing. Like people are expecting some elixir out there that's just going to fix everything, and it's 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 always going to be. I, I mean, I guess if your point is that we can make incremental improvement because we have Sky Judge or whatever, yes. but I, but but I think the Sky Judge is going to screw it up as well from time to time. Like I think there's going to be just as right. many. I think we're going to have just as many bad calls in games, even with more more eyes means more mistakes as well. Like nothing's perfect. So I, um, it's just, yeah, it's bad. And then solutions, not, they need these people, like they need to be full-time employees. They're part-time. Oh, they employees. don't need like, to be full-time to do what? Like, They're almost full-time now, but with all the meetings they have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the, the people that are like, they need to be full-time, not part-time. 
never go any further than the surface of their argument because of if course. you go, okay, well, what would that look like then? What would a full-time referee look like? What would they be doing for 40 hours a week that makes them better at refereeing football games? You know, The other thing, Sean, is this is what Bill Belichick has tried to do every year. Let every play be reviewable. You don't get more challenges. It wouldn't make the game longer, but you just save a thing and boom, it comes up something else. I don't know why they've never done that if it's not going to – you're not asking for more challenges. You're just asking for the, the option. Yep. Um, this next one's from Harold. Guys, why has Petrie been so bad this season? Is safety now a priority in the draft next spring? No, they still um, love Petrie. He's playing bad. He made a good play the other day. He got beat on a touchdown. He's getting in position, and he's taking bad angles, or he's missing tackles, or he's getting beat on coverage. And uh, But, no, they're not going to do anything to him. They still love him. We had, Nick, yeah, we had we had Nick Casario on the show today, John, uh, on Pain and Pendergast, and I asked him about Petrie. I said, what, what would your assessment be of Jalen Petrie this year? And, and I, I'll give Nick credit. He did point out a couple of things Jalen needs improvement on, you know, the tackling being one of them. Um, but he his overall take, he literally said, I'll take a 1,000 Jalen Petries in the building, is what Nick said today. And when he was at Baylor, those last two years when he was great, he was known as a great tackler. Now – He's missing tackles. He's still coming in at bad angles. I don't know if he's playing out of position or what, but he is, of all the players on the team who you expected big things from, he's the one to me that's been the most disappointing. Well, John, even the TFL that he had against the uh, the Broncos on Sunday, it's just him shooting himself like a missile, you know, like it just it's at, at the running back's legs. And it's great because he actually hit the running back in the legs this time, but, like, it's that – it's that type of tackling that has him missing six other tackles. You know what I mean? Where he's just hurling his body at guys. You know, he's the problem, just, you can't practice tackling. Yeah. 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 They I mean, never well, practice tackling. You, you tackle a dummy, but you don't go hit a guy, a teammate going full speed. That never happens. But why is he the only one that is super undisciplined with his tackling? Like, I get I what you're no saying. Idea. Yeah. No I mean, clue. like, the, yeah, like that's, that's the thing. To me, it's not one of the things where he needs to like, he needs to, like work for 30 minutes on tackling form. Like he knows what to do. He just never wraps up. He just throws his body around. It's a lack of discipline, I think, not a lack of skill. Um, all right, next question. Joe Q, frequent emailer to the podcast. Two questions. Do you expect Gardner Minshew to be a week one starter next year somewhere? Two, is Shane Steichen coaching as well or better than D'Amico Ryans? All right, so let's start with the first one, John. Gardner Minshew, who's been very solid this year, um, but they're going to have Anthony Richardson on the team next year. And I don't know what Gardner Minshew's contract situation is with the Colts, if he signed a multi-year deal or not. Um, if they did, they could always trade him. I, I would imagine someone might give a, a, a day two or day three pick for Minshew, the way he's played this year. Do you expect Gardner Minshew to be one of the 32 starting quarterbacks when the season begins next no, year? No, I think he'll go in somewhere and be a backup and wait for somebody to get hurt which is what happened with Anthony Richardson. As far as Dykin, look at their schedule. Look at the kind of teams they've beaten compared to the teams that the Texans have beaten, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Denver, uh, Cincinnati, all those teams have winning records. I'm not trying to take away from Shane Steichen, but I'm just talking about when you compare him to what D'Amico Ryans is doing, Ryans should be the favorite. And as I've said all season, if Anthony Richardson was still the quarterback, they wouldn't have won as many games because he he was struggling as a passer. He's turnovers. He couldn't stay healthy. 
but Minshew solidified the position with his experience. And he's had games before that he's played really, really well, including against the Texans, including against the Texans this season when he came off the bench. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, John. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like one of the teams Shane Steichen did beat was D'Amico Ryans and the Houston Texans. We can't just ignore that, right? He did yeah, beat him straight up. It's a team up. with a winning record. Yeah, it, it, and it's the team we're comparing him to right now. I think D'Amico's done a great job. I think he's – I would pick D'Amico as well. I think Shane Steichen's done a done a, a really, really good job. And I know they were both kind of starting, at least in terms of record, starting from uh, – very far down the league. You know, the Colts were picking fourth last year. The Texans were picking second. So they're both in the very, very bottom coming into this season off of last season, the very bottom part of the league. But I, I think the Colts, there were more pieces on the Colts roster, I think, coming into the season than there were experienced pieces than there were on the Texans roster. Yeah, no, nobody picked the Colts to finish with the second worst record by in Arizona. It was the Texans. And, uh, and yes, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor for a big part of the season. And I think the injury to Richardson actually worked to their advantage. You know, Shaq Leonard, he didn't he didn't play well. Now he's playing with Philadelphia. So they've had he has done a really good job, Shane Steichen has, but if you break it down, the expectations were lower for the Texans than Indianapolis. Um, Matthew Kasecki has a fun exercise here. The email is super long, so I can't read the whole thing. But he um he says uh he says how much fun it's been to follow the Texans this year. He says, this has been one of the most fun Texan seasons I can remember, so much so that I felt like it could be fun to try to grade how much fun you're having compared to other teams around the league as a fan. You don't have to grade all of these, he said, but teams to grade how much fun fans are having following their team. If the Texans, John, I would say the Texans have to be a 9 or a 10 this year just in terms of how fun it's been out there this year, right? Yeah, I think all the games Detroit coming down to the be, wire. Detroit would be number one. Okay. They're, they're having the best season they've had since 1992. Their fans are going crazy on the road. And fans show up to every game, unlike here, where they should be ashamed for buying their tickets. I got no problem selling tickets to Denver. They did that before the season yeah. when they thought the team was going to be terrible. But the people that buy tickets and don't show up are an embarrassment to Houston. Yeah. Um just a couple other teams, John. Scale of one to ten. If the Texans are, you know, say the Texans are an eight or a nine, and you say Detroit's a ten right now, um, Indianapolis, how much fun are they having right now? Do you think? I guess they'd be, even though they lost their their quarterback, they wanted to watch grow. I guess they'd be right up there with the Texans at eight or nine. Okay. What about Cleveland, John? I think it's depressing. Browns fans having to see everything that's happened to quarterbacks. I think I don't think they're having fun right now at all. No, and I think they see the writing on the wall. And and optimism earlier, right now, I think most of them are like gloom and doom. I think Pittsburgh and Cleveland are identical right now. You know, big issues at quarterback, pretty good defenses, and probably looking at the playoff standings going, man, it's just a matter of time. Uh, The clock's ticking on us right now. Um, One other one. Okay, Matthew puts Carolina and New England in here. I would. Are we allowed to do negative numbers, Matthew? Can we do negative numbers on this? We can do a one minus. What are you enjoying more, John? Watching Carolina fail the way they are with David Tepper and Bryce Young, or watching New England fail the way they are with Bill Belichick and New England because they've been on top for so long. Yeah, and right now they said stadium's not half packed, parking lot's not half packed, half full. I feel bad for Carolina. I feel bad for Bryce Young. Felt bad for Frank Rich 
as David Tepp called him twice in the yep. news conference. But uh, New England, they won for so long, and they were on top of the world for so long, and they brought in Bill O'Brien to turn around Mac Jones's career. Uh, that's not going to look good on Bill's resume. Yep. Um, John, this is from Chris in Atlanta. John was praising Mills as the backup in the last episode. Do the Texans have the best backup QB room with Davis Mills and Case Keenum in the NFL? I would have to. I know the Cowboys like theirs, but there's no guarantee Trey Lance could play. Uh, Cooper Rush, Cooper, they like. Cooper but Rush. here you got Mills, who's had a bunch of 300-yard games in his career. You got Case Keenum, who's won playoff games. So I don't think anybody's got a deeper or a better backup quarterback situation. You hope that's not tested. Yeah. The, Chris's other question is an interesting one, John. Um, if the Texans needed a win it and get in game and CJ was out, he says, who would you two prefer to play Mills or case? Obviously the Texans would play Mills. He's the backup every week in case is the emergency. But John, if you were, if you were D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario, who would you prefer to play uh, Davis Mills or case Keenum in a game? You gotta have. Since they like Mills as their backup. And I think Mills being coached by Gerard Johnson with Bobby Slowick as the play caller. It would be, <laughs> His improvement over last season would be dramatic. You know, I think that Davis Mills would be good. And uh, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if Davis in a couple of years doesn't start for another team. And Case would be great, but if they thought Case was the guy, he wouldn't be third team, so I'd say Mills. Yeah, I, at this juncture in the season, I'd say Mills only because I don't think Case has gotten enough reps probably to where he's like ready to go. He's older too. He's 35, you know, like he – so parts of it would be like riding a bike again for him, but I just feel like Davis has probably gotten the more intense preparation kind of vibe of these two this year so far. Be my guess. I'll write a column about this at some point for SportsRadio610.com about the substantial role that Case Keenum has played in C.J. Stroud's development. Um, Jr. in Spicewood, frequent emailer to the podcast, says, "Guys, he says I love the show." I know you all said CJ has offensive rookie of the year wrapped up. Considering the Texans will be facing below average QBs for the remainder of their games, what does Will Anderson need to do to win defensive rookie of the year? John, you mentioned earlier Jalen Carter. It's been kind of quiet on the Jalen Carter front um, of late. Will Anderson, I saw in one book, his odds for defensive rookie of the year went from 14 to 1 down to 4 to 1 after the game this past weekend. That's a big, big move for one week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Top candidates are Carter, the corner from uh, Seattle. Witherspoon. Yeah, Witherspoon, but they're fading. I think that he needs to keep playing like he played. He's going to get a lot of attention. And a lot of it is what market you play in because they have more voters on the 50-member AP panel, and this would be the time to do it. I'm still wondering if they could flex the Browns game to prime time. I don't know. They're going to flex somebody because the game right now is bad. That would put him in front of more voters. I think it hurts him that he's not playing on national TV, but that game Sunday over Denver went to almost the entire country, so he needs to keep doing what he's doing. It's always, what have you done for me lately? So if you start off slow, it doesn't matter. People remember what they see at the end. In Philadelphia, I haven't seen Jalen Carter making dramatic plays like he did early in the year. don't know if he's nicked up or what, 
but I think he's got a chance to overtake it. But this is crunch time to stretch drive, and you know that's important to him. John, that was a J.J. Watt kind of game on Sunday. Absolutely. The, the Willie Anderson game. I mean, it was there were there were numbers, crooked numbers in practically every column of the box score for him. And it didn't even it didn't even include the fact that he blocked a punt also. I love Brian Ballinger, who played in the NFL and offensive line forever for NFL Network. He breaks down plays and he broke down. He does CJ almost every week. And I retweet the heck out of it when he does the Texans. And he did well. And he was just mesmerized by the pressure he was putting on uh, Russell Wilson, how quick he was, how relentless he was. And he just, he's amazed. And I've seen a couple others that did that. He has gotten people's attention. His cardio has got to be incredible because his motor is nonstop. And I know you're going to remember the play. The one play that Baldinger broke down, he broke down like four or five of them. But the one that he broke down where Will got double teamed and Russell Wilson got flushed out of the pocket away from Will. Yeah. And Will still circled all the way yep. around and was the one who made the tackle on him. That was incredible. It, it really was. was. Yeah. Just like CJ's completion to Brevin Jordan, who he was running at an angle, being chased, and he floated the pass perfectly for a 14-yard gain. That was his best pass. Ballinger, Orlovsky, all those guys diagnosed that and ran it and analyzed it, and they were all just, uh, just captivated by that yeah. play. Yeah, John, that didn't look real. That that CJ, the play you're talking about, where he he had the guy right in his face, rolling out to the left, and somehow with a contorted angle of his body was able to to get it to Brevin Jordan. That set up a touchdown. That was right after the Stingley inter the first Stingley interception. It set up uh, set up the uh, the touchdown to Nico Collins at the other end at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, man, this rookie class. Injury plagued right now. A bunch of guys out with injuries, but boy, John, even though like the that's the only bad thing you can say about the class because when they've come in, yeah, I think they've. I don't think there's a single one that hasn't performed to his to to or above his draft slot. C.J. Stroud is is performing like the number one overall pick. You know, Will Anderson is living up to the number three overall pick. Um, Juice Scruggs. He's been injured, but the two games he's gotten into, he's been fine. He's been solid, I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't watch Super Club. The line overall wasn't great, so I, I, I will, I'll do an incomplete on Juice Scruggs because it's only been a game and a half for him. But Tank Dell, maybe the best rookie receiver this season, him and Jordan Addison. Fourth round, Dylan Horton, before he got sick, was in the rotation for with the defensive ends, and he was making occasional plays. Henry Toa Toa, fifth round pick, played a bunch of football for them this year. Jared Patterson, Xavier Hutchinson, they've both gotten on the field for this team. Jared Patterson started a bunch of games at center as a rookie. So when these guys are all healthy coming into training camp next year, and if Derek Stingley is right, if they rebuild Kenyon Green from the ground up, Kenyon is like a – that'd be found money if Kenyon Green turned into a player. But, <laughs> but, but you know, Christian Harris from the – you know, from last year's rookie class is playing better. And, you know, Petrie needs to play better, but it's in there somewhere with Petrie, I feel like. Mechie's the one, John. If, if somehow Mechie can take some of these opportunities that are, you know, that are vacant right now with Tank Dell out, um, I, I, I think about this game last weekend and what would we be saying about John Mechie if CJ puts that ball on him right before the half and he gets a yeah. 50 some odd yard touchdown? We're probably talking about John Mechie being the guy who can really take over. That you know, not really take over, but really fill that void with Tank Dell because that play was John. That play was a lot like the one that CJ hit 
against Arizona where he's under pressure and then he does the point deep thing and tank goes deep. You watch CJ on that play. He's doing that with Mechie. Mechie, it was a short route Mechie ran, but CJ starts to get pressured a little bit. He points him to go deep and Mechie takes off deep. And I wonder if CJ overthrew it only because he's used to doing that with Tank, who's probably a little faster. I think that's John exactly Mechie. right. He's a lot yeah. faster. And the thing about Mechie, anything they get out of him this year is gravy after he had cancer. I thought all along, next season is when we're going to see him really play like he played at Alabama and when Nick Serio traded to get back into the second round to draft him.